All right. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Pastor Paul here in the uh, upper bowels of our underground bunker here, the Four Oaks Radio Studio. Um, So glad that you have joined us. It is Tuesday morning, November 9th, 2021, and it's a little chilly outside, but it's it's a glorious, gloriously beautiful sky and and weather. But anyway, glad you're here with us. Um, We call this Romans Rewind. This is where we take portions of the scripture that we preached on the previous Sunday at Four Oaks from the book of Romans, and we look at different facets, angles, unpack different ideas, truths, things that maybe we didn't have time to get to in the sermon or didn't, weren't able to spend a lot of time on. And so um, that's what we do here. We take 10, 15 minutes, again, Monday through Friday to do that. Now, if you do have questions about anything that we're covering, we're talking about in Romans, you can email those to me at paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. And indeed, we got one of those um, questions um, this week. And, and essentially, here's, here's, here was the question. Pastor Paul, we hear in Romans 4 about how faithful Abraham was and the fact that he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, that when it came time to believe in God for the son uh, of the promise, Isaac, um, he did not waver in his unbelief or flicker. He he trusted the he trusted God who could raise the dead to life, who could bring or create life out of nothing, and and we're given this model example of faith here in Romans chapter four. And the question is, how can that be? Because we know, and having just preached through Genesis a couple of years ago, we all know this. Abraham oftentimes in his life was anything but faithful. And how can we, how can we judge, how can Paul say the things he says about Abraham? And yet this seemingly there's all these major um, blind spots and potholes where Abraham's faith did falter and he did doubt. And so let's go back to Romans four and read the passage again. And then let's stop and let's talk about this a little bit. Okay, Romans 4, verse 13. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. Now listen to this, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Okay. So that's very clear. Paul, Paul gives us this model of faith, Abraham. Now, when asking how could Paul say this when we know about these other points of unfaithfulness in Abraham's life is not dissimilar to the question we often ask about King David, right? Um, The scriptures repeatedly refer to him as a man after God's own heart. 
But yet David was also guilty of a dirt of adultery, murder, cover up, lying, deceit. I mean, the list goes on. And again, how can we how can how can this judgment be? And I think that um, when we when we ask that, we have to use the gospel as the lens and not our evaluation of human behavior. And let me tell you what I mean. So let's think about for a moment all of the instances in Abraham's life where he was unfaithful. First of all, soon after he had received the promise of God in Revelation 12, I mean Genesis 12, what did he do? He he journeyed in Egypt and he ended up lying to Pharaoh and putting forth Sarah, his wife, as his sister, um, which was to put her in real danger, right? Because she was going to be taken in as a part of Pharaoh's harem. And here Abraham is lying, endangering his own wife, um, abandoning her purity for the sake of saving his own skin. Now we know that God intervened and ultimately warned Pharaoh and Pharaoh released her and said, why could you do this to us? Okay. Now Abraham didn't just do this once. Okay. He did this twice years later with Abimelech, right? He, he, he failed to protect his wife, not acting in faith. We know also that, of course, um, the most famous incident or infamous incident in Abraham's life and ministry was the um, Hagar and Ishmael. So God had made this promise that he was going to bring forth a son, a promise from Sarah. Abraham and Sarah didn't see it happening. Um, they, Sarah concocted a scheme where she sent Hagar in um, to be with Abraham for him to father a son through her. And she was going to, in turn, provide this offspring and give it back to the family. And that was how the line was going to be preserved. And this is how Ishmael was conceived and born. Well, we know that this was disastrous, right? That, um, that there ended up being enmity between Israel or between Isaac and um, Ishmael. There was enmity between Sarah and Hagar. Um, Abraham was caught in the middle. I mean, he was a mess in terms of his leadership. Um, he ended up um, you know, on Sarah's wishes, driving Hagar out of the camp. I mean, on and on and on and on. How could this man be the model of faith? That's the question. Well, I think we have to understand again, what is biblical faith, right? Biblical faith first and foremost acknowledges that it's not worthy of grace, that it's not worthy of sacrifice, that it's not worthy of mercy. Biblical faith begins by saying, not that I've been faithful, but I've been unfaithful. That's the very essence of biblical faith is to recognize we have been unfaithful, right? Um, we are broken. We are messed up. And faithfulness here in this, in this um, using this idea, is not the absence of sin, okay, or the absence of unbelief. Faith is the ability to repent. Faith is the ability in the moment to recognize one's shortcomings, to confess that sin to the Lord, to turn to him in faith and repentance, embracing the grace that is available in the gospel. And that's always available. And so if you want to ask, what, what was it that distinguished Abraham from um, one of his brothers, okay? Or what distinguished um, Isaac from uh, Esau, for example, or not Esau, um, you know, Isaac from Ishmael. Well, at the end of the day, Abraham was one who repented. 
and these other figures, and King David was the same way. He repented. When confronted with his sin, he was broken, confessed, and ran to God in faith. So I think that's one answer to that question, is that, is that someone can sin disastrously, right? It's how they respond to that sin and those shortcomings and those failures that show, do they have a heart for God? Do, are, is, has their heart been transformed by the gospel? Um, Abraham's true, particularly was. Now, in that moment where he, Sarah was barren and Abraham considered his own body, who was good as dead, at that moment, what did faith look like for Abraham? Well, faith for Abraham meant he was going to go be with his wife even though her womb was dead, even though he was old, because God said this was the way this promise was going to come about. So at that point, if Abraham had disobeyed, right, um, he would not have had faith. Um, now, if that had happened, would God have continued to pursue Abraham? I believe so. Would there have been other opportunities for Abraham to repent? I believe so, okay? And so I think that's an important um, reminder for us, and it's a great encouragement too, is that we can be unfaithful and hard-hearted and stubborn in so many different ways, but yet the ability to recognize that, confess that, and turn to the Lord is the, is the hallmark of faith, not perfection, right? And this is something David did. It's something that Abraham did, and, and, and our encouragement is this. It's something we can do as well, right? So you may look back over your life and say, I've been unfaithful in many ways. Well, the per most important question is, well, what does faithful faithfulness look like today? What does faithfulness, what, what form does faith take right now? And it's not so much what I've done, because I can't change that, is what do I do next? What's the next right thing? What's the next faithful thing? And I think this is why Paul can still say that Abraham is the father of faith, that David is a man after God's own heart because there was a trajectory about their lives. Even though they failed and failed miserably oftentimes, it's what they did in response to their failures, which is to trust God, was to cling to God, was to have faith in God. And God, again, produced in their life the fruit of repentance. So what we have to always be concerned about is if someone or ourselves, if we lack a repentant heart, if we lack the ability to confess and see our sin and turn from it, okay? And I think Abraham and David are called what they are because of that gift that God gave them of being able to recognize their sin and turn and trust in him. So that's the short answer for how, how um, Paul could reference Abraham in the way he does. Tomorrow, we're gonna get back on that train that we have been talking about Monday, which is, um, what does it mean that God is the not just the God of, of individual people saving them, but that God is the God of the kingdom and is bringing his kingdom to bear on the whole world? What does that mean? What does that look like for us as believers? We'll pick that back up tomorrow. Glad you're with us. Let me pray. Lord, remind us that wherever we are today, that there is always safety in the gospel. There's always safety in your embrace and that as unfaithful as we might have been in the past, there is the opportunity today to run to you, to cling to you, to confess to you, to trust in you. And Lord, let us do that.